church and not cry at church, that that hope, you were very disappointed um, this morning. Um, it was really moving to see, um, actually to see all the kids that were up front, and then to see that, and I think um, we're gonna, I'm going to be preaching about hope this morning, and children um, embody hope. They embody hope. And I was thinking about um, that, what hope is. How do you define that? And there's a scripture in Psalm 22 that says, you know, um, Lord, you made me hope when I was at my mother's breast. That hope is something that God gives to us as a gift. It's an instinct. It's something he's given to us. And if you think about a child in their mother's arm, they are trusting in. Hope really means to trust in someone to trust in something, that something good and beneficial is going to come in the future. So if you think a baby, of a baby in their mother's arm, they're, they're trusting that you're going to feed them, that you're going to comfort them. They make a lot of noise sometimes because they, they're demanding what they believe, what they hope for. That's what hope is, and that's what we're going to talk about um, this morning. The verse that God really uh, put on my heart, I'm just going to preach out of one verse. It's Proverbs 13:12. And it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but hope fulfilled is a tree of life. How many of you have had hope deferred or you've experienced disappointment? Raise your hand. All of us. And how many of you have had a hope fulfilled? All of us. It's just life. It's what life is, right? There's hopes that we get um, fulfilled, and then there's some things that we hope for for our entire life sometimes, that don't happen, and they can make us sick. I think if you've hoped for a spouse, or you've hoped for a healthy child, or you've hoped for health for yourself, or a child that you, you love, one of your children, maybe it's a career, something like that, and you've really pinned your hopes on that thing, when it doesn't happen, you can actually feel literally sick and be sick. You know, I know when my hopes are not fulfilled, a lot of times I eat to um, fill myself up. Sometimes we eat, or we eat too much, or we don't eat enough, or we um, drink or medicate in some way, or we do the denial thing where it's like, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening, but we end up feeling sick anyway. There's something inside of us that really yearns. Like I said, we've been wired for hope. We've been wired to believe by God that he's going to deliver, that there's going to be that good thing in the future that's going to come to us. And when it doesn't come, it's painful. But when it is fulfilled, it's, it's, the scripture says it's like a tree of life. And um, in our body, I got to participate and be a part of a family's life where I saw hope fulfilled. They had a little baby um, a while ago, and she was born at 24 weeks. And when she was born, she was the size of my hand. She was no bigger than that. And she spent 100 days in the ICU at Stanford, and I love Stanford. They're awesome. Any nurses in the room from Stanford Joy? Awesome. I couldn't believe what they did for this child. And now today on Mother's Day, she is home filling up her mother's arms. She's big enough to actually be cradled in her mom's arms. And her name actually is Valeria Hope. It means valiant hope. Hope is home. She's home. That, that hope has been fulfilled, and it's like a tree of life. That feeling of, I got chills when I was explaining that to you. When it happens in your life, you know what it's like. Revelation 22 um, 2 says this. It talks about that tree of life, and it says, On each side of the river stood the tree of life, 
bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healings of the nations. We've actually been wired to hope here on this earth. We put our hopes in certain things because they're pictures of what eternity is going to actually be like and be fulfilled. And we can, all of us, one day be sitting under that tree of life. I think of it, um, it describes the living water that's there. So there's life in a fulfilled hope. There's abundance. There's food for your soul. There's healing when a hope is fulfilled. Um, motherhood, it's Mother's Day, and motherhood can all be about uh, a hope fulfilled and a, and a hope dashed all in one day, right? Has, have you experienced that? Sometimes it could be even in a, a moment. You could be, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's terrible. I can't believe that's happening right now. Um, I have a picture of my daughter when she was in preschool. That's Kate when she was three, and her teacher's name is Mrs. Jones, and Kate, when she was little, loved to dress up. She loved, loved, loved it. The best gift I ever gave her was going to a bunch of garage sales and getting dress-up clothes and putting that under the Christmas tree, and she still has it. She keeps it. She loved that thing. Um, so it was really part of who she, she's always been. And one day, the preschool teacher called me and said, uh, Kate's really disappointed. And I'm like, why? She goes, well, it was dress-up day, Janet, and you forgot. And she's the only one at school that's not dressed up and just... You know, take what you get from her when she shows up. And when I showed up to see her, this is kind of, I didn't have a camera, but I had that, that look like, Mom, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe it. My hope, her hope was crushed, and my hope of being this mom that just fostered her creativity was a little bit um, cracked that day. That's, that's a light example, but then here's a picture of my son, Ian. That's his first day of school, or kindergarten, that's first grade, actually. And every child that goes to school, you have such high hopes, right? You're so excited about going. They're so excited. They think it's going to be a great thing. You think it's going to be a great thing. I thought I was going to be the best at helping him with everything that had to do with school. Actually, school was really hard for my son. He struggled with some learning issues, and just the whole thing was I don't want to say train wreck. It was pretty hard for all of us, and both of our hopes were dashed. And sometimes I would see a picture of him. I mean, I'd see his face, and he'd look more like this. Like, really, you're making me go there again. Everything's fine now, thankfully. He's in college. He made it. But um, the point is our hopes can be dashed. None of us are perfect. There's the illusion of a perfect mom. It's not real. It's not true. We're individuals made by God, and he's the one. He's the one that can fulfill our hopes. Um, Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Hope deferred, again, makes the heart sick, but hope fulfilled is a tree of life. And the, per- the psalmist that was writing that verse was Jewish, and that was really about the Jewish people waiting for a Messiah for 4,000 years. They waited, so generations of people kept waiting and dying, waiting and dying for this Messiah. And then when he finally arrived, he wasn't what they were looking for. He was like, they wanted an earthly king. They wanted someone that was going to set them free from the oppression that they were under. But what they got was the savior of their souls. And they didn't even recognize him. You know, as hope was being fulfilled, they were crucifying him. They had this attachment to a dream they had of what they thought that hope was, not really what God had dreamed of. They had had done that, and we do that too sometimes. We can become attached to things. 
We think are God's dreams for us, but they're really not. They're really not. And they can become um, things that really give us a lot of anxiety and fear, and we can find ourselves to be really clutching to them and holding on to them. And when they don't happen, we can become extremely disappointed. I'm going to use an example of this from my own life or show you some of it from my own life um, using Pinterest. How many of you are Pinterest users? Okay. Some of you know what it is. Um, How many of you don't know what it is? Okay, almost, you don't know? Okay, almost everybody knows. (laughs) It's it's an electronic bulletin board, basically. That's what it is. Uh, What? Electronic bulletin. It's like a bulletin board, but it's on the computer. Yeah, got it. Anyway, we have a little video we're going to show you so you can see what it is. Okay, go ahead. just a pin and you'll have a perfect life, right? So it's thousands of pictures of beautiful things that you can pin on boards and you can try to recreate if you'd like to. Um, If you're really good at it, maybe, maybe you'll be successful. We have a couple of pictures of some Pinterest fails. There's a place called PinterestFail.com. Isn't that a cute baby picture? We all want to take baby pictures like that. This is what happened when one family tried it. I actually... I like that picture better. Do you like that picture better? That's awesome. (laughs) All right. So here, okay. So this cake doesn't look that hard. I've heard from a lot of moms in our community about Pinterest birthday parties where everything from the invitation all the way through the gift that goes home and the cake and everything's from Pinterest. And Pinterest always promises you, yeah, you can do it too. DYI, you can do it. Here's what happened when somebody tried to make this cake. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you can laugh all afternoon. You should go to PinterestFail.com. It's very funny. (laughs) Um, When I was a young mom, I didn't have Pinterest. I had Martha Stewart, and she went to jail. And um, there's a reason for that, I think. Um, Anyway, if I did have Pinterest, I would have pinned some of these things, okay? So this one is family playing a game. This is how a family should play a game. Look at that. I kind of imagined a really fun night, popcorn, hot chocolate, everyone getting along. But in my house, this is what happened. That's how we played a game. There's something called a McLean game-playing gene that I didn't know my husband had and that he passed on to my children and that was in my extended family, and they all have great memories of this. But for someone who's not very competitive, it messed with my dream. Okay? Um, I dreamed of having a dog like this. Isn't this a pretty dog? So why 
wise and beautiful and interesting. And then when it was time to get a dog, my friend was a dog breeder, and she, she asked me, do you want one of these puppies? And I was a real people pleaser at that point, and the mother dog was ugly, just ugly. And I was thinking in my head, no, I don't want one of those dogs. But that's, I said yes, and this is what we got instead. <laughs> we got this little one. And she's awesome, and she's 15. Um, yeah, she's, she doesn't even know where she is anymore. Anyway, um, I, I would have pinned this. Kids, oh my gosh, my two little kids, my boy and my girl, getting along perfectly all the time, just like that, right? Mm-hmm. How many of us know this is what we get? Right? A lot more of that. Actually, my kids, my kids fought a lot. And one time I remember Kate saying to me, well, what do you think? We're super independent people and we think differently. I mean, they were all okay with it. I was not. They're getting along a lot better now. So, um... I would have pinned this saying, yeah, I'm a great cook and I make things look beautiful all the time, but that's a lie. And I would have pinned this. Look at that mom helping that kid with their homework. It's so peaceful. It's so lovely. That was not my experience. Has any of you had that experience? No. Okay. And I would have pinned this. This house, this beautiful house. Isn't that pretty? Oh, my gosh. I don't live in that house. Um, Pinterest gives us pictures of perfection, and those are pictures of perfection, right? They're things that I hoped in that I um, really would have loved to have happen. Um, But the truth is, when I had my heart set on a lot of these things, some of those things um, were never even fulfilled, um, or they ended up, being a heart, really, of a great struggle. You know, when I think of how much time I obsessed, and I know a lot of people around here are obsessing about housing, we just do, um, how long I obsessed about having a house. And it caused me really to um, question God and to um, cry out to him, which was a good thing, but also just to covet, to want it so bad that it was taking the place of of his provision and being able to see what he was providing in my life. It wasn't healthy. Um, The truth is about all of our hopes is that real life messes with our hopes. Can anybody attest to that? Like real life, real life gets in there and it it messes them up. Um, Some of the things that messed with our hopes growing up with mine are on this slide up here. 13 moves. We moved 13 different times. And some of that was because, and some of you can identify with this. If you're renting here and they sell your house, do you have to move, right? Um, Work, insecurity, colic, eye problems, allergies, ADHD. I have a real heart for anyone in this room who has a child who has a learning issue. That is a rough road. I just commend you moms. Lying. Boyfriends and girlfriends can really mess with a mom's hopes. Yes. Um, Bird poop on my patio table. I have a flock of birds in my backyard, and I don't know what it is. They just love to mess up my backyard. I can't stand it. Science projects, 9-11, robbers, our house was robbed. Um, Illness, anxiety, plain old sin in school. 
These things messed with my hopes, but they also revealed them for what they really are. When we get frustrated when things are not going the way we want them to go, for me it was all about control. It was all about control, making sure that the life that I wanted to have was kept safe and that nobody else was going to mess with it. I wasn't really open to what God had for me when I was holding on tightly to these things. And these things are not bad. They're great things. But they're not what he wants us to keep our, to have, to hold on to like that. Um, one day, and in your, does everyone have message notes in here? I hope you do. Because inside of them is a little sticky note on the back page. And um, at the end, we're going to have you do some response to the message. And I actually, at one point, came to the end of all these hopes. And I was sitting in this building, and I was sitting over here in this corner. It was before I ever worked at the church. And I remember thinking about everything that was going on in my life, and you might be thinking this at this moment, this is not what I hoped for. This is not what I hoped for. And I was sitting over there, and I heard God say to me, Janet, I want all your dreams. I heard that in your spirit, in my spirit. That's what I want you to write down on that little sticky note. I want you to write down all my, all your dreams. And I knew in that moment that there was this exchange that God wanted to make with me. He wanted to take them from me, have me actually not take them. He wanted me to give them to him. It was an invitation and that he would take them and he would recreate them and he would do what only he could do is to create original, beautiful, creative living hope out of my life and the life of those that I loved. And so I wrote all my dreams on that little sticky note after a little wrestle with him and then came up to the cross and put it on and put it in his hands. Put it in his hands. In some way, shape, or form, all of us are brought to that moment, I think, multiple times in life. And we wanted you to um, see, some of it is because we're just, we just get so tired of trying to make things happen for ourselves, and it's just not working, and sometimes it's because of something really destructive happening in our lives, and we have a choice to make. We can either choose to give God our hopes, or we can live in the disappointment and despair that there is in this lost hope. And we're going to hear from a family um, now, um, Slim and Sheena Wilton, and a lot of you know them, and some of you don't. And for those of you who don't, they've been people that I used to work with Slim over in the student center when I first worked at PCC, and it was really, I was preaching over there earlier, and I was in the gym where I used to see Slim run around. And he had the most, he was fast, and he was big, and you did not want to be in his way. You did not want to get in his way. Slim and Sheena got married in 2008, and then in 2010, Slim had a terrible accident. He drove into a lake, and he broke his neck, and he was paralyzed. And um, they have a story of hope, though, that I want you to see. Um, They know all about putting their hopes in God's hands. So let's watch that video. Summer of 2010, uh, we were up at our friend's cabin, and I dove too shallow into a to a pond, and I broke my neck, um, paralyzing me from the chest down. In the emergency room, it was really surreal hearing the things out of his mouth, because it's almost like he knew instantly that he was paralyzed, and this would be our life. Um, He said, I'm so sorry. 
I we won't be able to make love. We won't be able to have children. I, I struggled for a year with God, and at some point I came to a realization like, this is for God's glory. It's okay. You know, He still loves me. He's not punishing me for something. As time went on, we became stronger as a couple. God really taught me how to rely on Him, like every moment. Um, God really taught me that I'm stronger than I thought, that my wife's stronger than I ever knew she could be. Initially, when thinking about having a child and the process that we had to go through, um, it was similar emotions to when the accident first happened. It was, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why do we have to endure this? Haven't we gone through enough? God wants us to happen. He's going to provide for that. Um, and he did. I mean, he provided in many different ways all along the way. And I think going through IVF, I mean, it was hard for both of us. Um, they, yeah, I mean, it was hard for both of us physically and mentally. And we had to, in every step of the way, they kept warning us, oh, this might not happen, this might not happen. But God provided um, this <laughs> it's obviously all worth it. It's not as bad as you think. Even though you have a different journey than other people, God still fulfills His promises. I wouldn't change anything because I don't think I'd have that perspective that goes quote unquote normal. Slim and Sheena are two of my heroes. They're two of my heroes. Sheena said something you couldn't really hear. She said, um, it's not as bad as you think. And she said, um, even though we have a different journey than other people, God still fulfills his promises. And I think the truth is we all have a journey that's different than other people. I think God wants to create original stories full of living, strong hope and he wants to speak out into the world through your original story. And when we're able to give our, put our hopes in his hands, that's what he's able to do. I think sometimes, you know, Pinterest is great. There's a lot of, um, I'm not down on Pinterest. Some of the people on staff would just give me such a hard time if I was. Aubrey loves it. Daisy goes to bed at night with visions of quilts in her head because she, she's on it every night before she goes to bed. But um, I think sometimes it takes creativity out really, because we're trying to reproduce something that someone else has already done. And God's not about that. He's about making something new and beautiful out of your life and out of my life. Um, some of the things that Jesus said yes to, I will pin that on your board, Janet. Some of those things that were deep down in my heart that weren't superficial like this, one of them was, um, in my heart of hearts, I had always hoped for a dad for my kids that knew how to love them in the way they needed to be loved. And my husband, John, that's what God gave me in that man. My kids' confidence and their steadiness when it comes to knowing that they are loved, I know that comes from him. Um, I actually hoped that if my kids rebelled, that they would do it while they were under my roof which seems like a weird thing, very weird thing. I remember I prayed for it, like when these kids are up here, I remember I prayed for that, and then when it actually happened, and I was complaining to God, and I was like, 
I didn't ask you for a front row seat to this. He said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Pinned. Um, That both my kids would have an encounter with Christ while they were in my home. I wanted more than anything them not to leave until they knew the living God. And that's happened. And I am so grateful that they continue to grow and they continue to know more and more about him. And the other thing is like a job, this job. I never, I never, I knew that God had created me to connect people to God and others, but I didn't go out and seek this job. It found me. It was something I had hoped for and I have loved doing. I have loved serving you all, and um, it's a blessing to me. You know, we all have hopes, too, that won't be fulfilled in this life. At the earlier service, there's a mom who um, had died. She went to heaven this week, and I know that she died. Some of her hopes weren't fulfilled. But at the end of the day, um, the Lord tells us that there are hopes that are kept in heaven with him And it's an inheritance that we have that is eternal. I remember when I had um, all of my hopes pinned in this, and John and I were working on one of the places we lived in, and he pulled away the drywall, and all I could see underneath it was the wood and the nails and all that stuff, and I realized, oh my gosh, I am putting my hope in something that could burn down, that could burn down. But when we put our hope in Christ and what he has for us today, when However he's working in your heart that way today, this is what you have. First Peter 1, 3-4 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. You all have that inheritance in Christ. Your hopes and dreams may not be fulfilled in this life, but you have so much to look forward to in an eternity with him. So in a minute, we're going to respond um, to the message. And before we do that, I want to read this quote from Ann Voskamp. She's a blogger and a writer that I appreciate. And she says this, In a world of fists and demands, and tight grips for control, patiently waiting with an open hand is a radical act. It's a radical art. Open hands defy the dark, and they testify to a radical act of trust. I think of Slim and Sheena and some of you when I read this next line. Grace beyond imagining can fall into open hands. Grace beyond imagining can fall into open hands. New things will happen to us, unknown, unwanted, and unexpected things, and those things we can name grace. But the truth is, for all the ways I was trying to control this, unexpected, unknown, unwanted things happen to all of us, but we can call them grace. In a world preoccupied with control, and I believe we live in, like, the epicenter of that, the most radical act is open-handed trust. Um, In this room, there's lots of you, lots of people, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of you individually and in specific ways. And I believe he's calling you to respond um, to this word And open up your hands and give him your hopes. Give him your hopes. 
some of you, in your, like I said, in your bulletin notes, there's sticky notes. And you can write down either a word. Maybe you're like me. Maybe today God's saying to you, I want it all, all your hopes. And you're going to write that down on that piece of paper. Maybe today you're struggling and you're like, I don't want to let go of that one. And you're just going to write down, help me, help me to let go. Maybe it's one thing, whatever it is that the Lord has put on your mind, that he's asking you to actually write down and put in his hands, we're going to do that as we respond. Tabitha, if you could come forward, she's going to play for us. And as the music plays, just be led by the Spirit to do that. And I'll pray for us. Father God, I thank you that we can trust you with all our hopes. And I I thank you that we grow to be people, that we would grow to be people that practice that open-handed trust. I think you life's kind of set up that way, um, that we can't keep it all under control, and we can actually um, rest and find freedom in, in releasing things to you and trusting you and watching you bring that beautiful, living, original, life-giving hope up and in our lives and in the lives of those we love. We commit all of this to you. listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.